1: Every person listening to us, there is hope in a risen Christ who restores those who will look to him. However far we've gone from him and however long we've been away from him, there's hope for you in Jesus Christ.
0: A very happy Easter Sunday weekend to you and welcome to First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd. As we're still thinking about the events leading up to the cross, as well as celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our interview today will focus on the betrayal of Christ by one of his 12 disciples, Judas Iscariot. Pastor Colin Smith has written about this topic in his book, Heaven So Near So Far, and we'll get started in conversation in a moment. I appreciate those of you who take the time to visit us online at both firstpersoninterview.com and facebook.com slash Your support of this program and our partner, the Far East Broadcasting Company, is very encouraging. Again, look for us online at FirstPersonInterview.com. Colin Smith is a pastor and author from the Chicago area who hosts his own radio ministry called Unlocking the Bible. His latest book imaginatively takes the biblical details of the story of Judas and tells the story of betrayal. Colin pastors a suburban Chicago church called The Orchard, and as an introduction, I ask him to say a word about it.
1: Uh, well, it began in Arlington Heights, and there are now five campuses of The Orchard altogether. and uh, we are very grateful to be deeply rooted in the Word of God, uh, to try and grow together in the life of Christ, and to bear fruit uh, wherever we are around the world. That's You've the practiced orchard. that, haven't well, you? you see, that's The Orchard's <laughs> imagery, roots, life, and fruit, and it kind of works. It says what's important yeah. to us.
0: Did I see a literal Orchard outside here?
1: <laughs> well, there's certainly plenty of trees, right, okay, and, uh, all right. but we're actually sitting in a building that used to be a museum, and I've enjoyed uh, saying, you know, too many churches have become museums. Yeah. It's about time we had a museum yeah. that became You've a church. you brought life to this building, haven't you? <laughs> well, for most
0: of our listeners, we're right between Good Friday and Easter, and some of our listeners are hearing this on Easter Sunday. And on first person, we like to tell the stories of people, their testimonies. We're going to take a little different approach today. We told your testimony some time ago here on first person. That's in the archive, and i'll I'll put that on the website if people want to go back and listen to that. But today you've recently written a book on Judas telling the story of Judas Iscariot. Um, unusual topic to deal with. and why why do you think it's appropriate at this particular time of year?
1: I was moved to write this book because of uh, a growing number of people who are abandoning a faith that they once professed. Um, People, you know, I think of people, real people, not just numbers. Um, Someone who grows up in a Christian family and then moves away from the faith that they once professed. Someone who even went out in Christian service, extended herself for serving the Lord, uh, and then moves away altogether from everything that she gave herself to. And this is not uncommon common. And I, I was gripped by the question, where does the Bible address that? And it really does give us a story of someone who walked very closely with yeah, Jesus Christ. Very closely. And uh, one of the 12 who then betrayed him, Judas Iscariot. And so I wanted to get on the inside of that story and to try and get inside the mind of Judas as far as that is possible from what we're told in the scripture about the progress of his story. And I, I think it's a story that speaks very, very powerfully to us today. Day. And of course, the way in which it speaks is to say, you know, this is not the way. Do not walk this way. Uh, following Jesus is worth any cost because he is of supreme value. But sometimes we can learn um, by way of warning as well as by way of example.
0: It's also appropriate that we deal with this today on first person because you write the book in the first person form. Hmm. You, you write it as Judas.
1: Yeah, I, I love the opportunity of being able to write that way because uh, it, it gives um, an author the opportunity to to try and be inside the mind of a person. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're actually given quite a great deal about Judas in the scripture. And so, I found it to be very, very helpful, though I must say sometimes quite demanding, to try and place myself in the position of this person. It's you quite know, a responsibility, well, actually. It is, so, yeah. yeah. But what was surprising to me uh, was that in many ways, you know, we tend to think of, of Judas as a villain or as a victim, but always far away from us. I was just struck by how many things I have in common with him. I mean, he was a disciple of Jesus. Um, he's sent out on a mission trip um, he's a proclaimer of the gospel. Hmm. He's been up close and personal with the Lord Jesus Christ for years. Now, all of these things are things that a Christian holds in common with uh, Judas. And so he's actually a lot closer to us than perhaps sometimes might be imagined. We talk often
0: about the disciplined use of the imagination, mm-hmm. disciplined by the scripture. Yes. And as you said, there there is quite a bit of detail about Judas that sometimes we skip over because he's the bad guy yeah, in the story, right. right? We don't pay much attention, but we need to pay attention. God, God puts those details there for a reason.
1: Yeah, that's right. And uh, all of Scripture is given to instruct us, and sometimes it's by way of example, and sometimes it's by way of uh, contrast uh, or warning. And Judas is certainly uh, an example of the latter. Well,
0: let's do a little sketch of Judas. What What do we know about, about him?
1: Well, he became one of the twelve, the last to be named of the twelve. And I, I, I try and picture what that must have been like. I think, you know, most of us have had experiences of, uh, uh, you Know, teams being chosen for, uh, in my yeah. case, it was soccer. For others, it will yeah. have been basketball. I was always the last. But you probably you know, were first. I no, was always the
0: last. But. I, was, <laughs> I was among
1: the last as well, for sure. And that never feels good. He was the last to be named, but he was one of the 12. Uh-huh. And he had responsibility there. He was clearly the treasurer. Uh, John's Gospel makes clear that he had responsibility for the bag and that he took money from the bag, Yes, which is very interesting. So there's a sin that was hidden and it was never confessed. And I think that that's one of the things that opened the door to Satan's entrance Mm. into Judas' heart. We're told a number of times that Satan entered into Judas. Well, how did Satan enter into him? Uh, Judas opened the door. Mm -hmm. It's not as if Satan has free access to a human life. He doesn't have that. But Judas opened the door through unconfessed sin and repeated resistance to the love of Christ reaching out to him.
0: Yeah. I was particularly struck when I read your account of, of, of as Judas, as you write in, in the first person, when, when Mary anointed Jesus with that expensive yeah. perfume and yeah. his reaction to that. Can we, can we tell that story for
1: a moment? It's a beautiful story. And, um, you know, I tried to imagine what must be in the heart of Mary. When her brother who had been dead for days yes. Has been raised to life And then there's this wonderful dinner That is given in honour of the Lord Jesus And what must it be for Mary To look at Jesus And then look at her brother Who had been in the tomb And mm-hmm. to say I owe all this Why to Jesus Why wouldn't she be grateful? Yeah, yeah And there's all of this joy and this love And she hits on an idea To express lavish devotion to Jesus Christ And there's this very common costly ointment and she pours it over his head and it runs all the way down his robe to his feet and and there's judas And he thinks, what a waste. Mm -hmm. And the contrast is extraordinary because it's the cost of the ointment that to Mary makes what she did right. Uh, To Judas, it's the cost of the ointment that makes what she did wrong. Yes. And he wasn't the only one who was thinking this. The other disciples were thinking the same, John indicates, but Judas is the one who uh, gets up and speaks about this and and rebukes Mary. But Jesus takes his stand with her. She's done a beautiful thing, our Lord says. And
0: is it Judas that refers to this? This could have been... And sold and the money given to the poor is that that's, right. that's Judas' statement. That's right? exactly right. Yeah. yeah,
1: at least that was his uh, rationale. Um, okay. We're also told in the same place he was taking money from oh. from the bag, okay. and uh, it may very well be, by the way, that the field in which he died was purchased with money that was taken from the bag. Really? Um, yeah, because it it, it was not uh, it was not the money the thirty pieces of silver that bought that field. Um, they were sent back to uh, and thrown on the floor uh, yeah. to the religious leaders uh, who didn't want it. And they went off and bought another field with it.
0: Do we have any hint about the relationship Judas had with the other disciples, little, little clues that Scripture gives us?
1: Well, to me, the most fascinating thing about that is when uh, they were at the Lord's Supper in that upper room and Jesus says, now one of you will betray me. None of them said, is it Judas? Hmm. They didn't have a clue. Is it I? Uh, Yeah, they all said, is it I? So they, they all felt that they had the capacity within them to betray the Lord Jesus Christ. What does betray mean? Betray means to let down a trust, to fail in a trust that has been given to you. We've all failed in some trust that's been given to us. We've all failed the Lord in some way in which he has called us to something. And that's what Judas did. He's not unique in that. And the disciples felt that they had the capacity within them to do that. And that's another point of connection. Yeah,
0: that's such a powerful scene in the upper room. It really is. I mean, and why would Jesus, this is such a fundamental question, but why would Jesus, knowing what would happen, allow Judas into that inner
1: circle? What's the purpose of that? Yeah, that's right. And even um, to protect Judas, because Peter says um, uh, in the upper room uh, to John, ask the Lord, ask him, who is it? Now... (laughs) If Jesus had answered that question openly and said, hey, it's Judas.
0: Um, He wouldn't have lived that day, would he? (laughs) No, he would not have lived that
1: day. We're specifically told there were two swords in the room and one of them for sure was Peter's and would have been the one that was used to cut off the high Mm -hmm. priest's uh, servant's ear. Well, you know what Peter would have done if Judas had been identified. He would have gone for the sword and run him through right there in the upper room on Mm. the spot. Wow. And Jesus will not have him do that. Even in the last supper, the Lord Jesus is reaching out to him in love. The giving of the bread was a sign of friendship and in offering this it, it's it's as if the lord is saying are you really going to do this
0: yeah This makes me want to go back and reread these passages all over again, Colin. That's what you want to happen, isn't
1: it? Well, absolutely, yeah. And then even in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Lord Jesus is still reaching out to him. Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Well, our, our Lord even then is saying, you know, come over and stand with us. There's no reason for you to be doing this. Jesus was going to give himself into the hands of those who'd come to arrest him anyway. He'd already identified himself before Judas kissed him. So uh, that kiss was the most futile thing that was ever done.
0: We'll continue telling this powerful biblical story coming up with Colin Smith here on First Person.
1: This program is supported each week by the Far East Broadcasting Company. And I'm Ed Cannon, the president of FEBC. These first-person stories of God at work in people's lives always encourage me. And at FEBC... We want to encourage you even more with God's Word. Take a moment to sign up for our daily online 30-day devotional featuring stories and scripture. You can sign up easily
0: at firstpersoninterview.com. Go there today.
1: Firstpersoninterview.com.
0: My guest is Pastor Colin Smith of the Orchard, an Evangelical Free Church outside Chicago and He's written a number of books. I remember the book on the uh, the Thief on the Cross that you wrote, which was very powerful. was dramatized. Do you plan to dramatize this uh, story about Judas? We
1: have this as an audio book, and it's available from Unlocking the Bible. Okay. And it's read by an actor, Tyler Weeks. Oh, and, goodness. That's wonderful. Uh, it's a wonderful. very compelling audio account, yeah. yeah.
0: Unlocking the Bible is your radio ministry. That's correct. National yeah, radio yeah. ministry. This book is called Heaven So Near, So Far, The Story of Judas Iscariot. Iscariot means that's where he was from correct?
1: Uh, Yes, yes, that's right. He was a man of Kerioth.
0: That's right. All right. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about the garden experience. Uh, Take us there. Let's talk more about that.
1: Well, the thing that's so striking to me about that is the absolute futility of what Judas did in identifying Jesus with the kiss. The point of the kiss, of course, was that in the darkness, and remember in those days, there's not television, there's not newspapers with printed pictures. um, They wanted to be sure when they came to make the arrest that it was actually Jesus that they arrested and not one of the disciples. So the identification in the dark garden was going to be very important.
0: Jesus already identified himself though, didn't he? Before the kiss? Uh,
1: That's exactly the point, yes. um, They arrive and it was a very, Very large, a cohort of soldiers. Now, the estimate as to how many a cohort was, it's hundreds and may have been as many as 500, an extraordinarily large number We have
0: a picture of a half a dozen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It was a lot more than that. And then John's gospel is very significant here because uh, Jesus steps forward and addresses them. Uh, He takes the initiative. It's like he comes striding out from the garden, confronts them and says, who are you seeking? And they say Jesus of Nazareth, and he says, "I am He." Right. And those words, "I am," of course, huge significance. Mm -hmm. The name of God. Throughout the Gospel of John, yeah, that's right. I I am. And when that happens, they all fall over backwards. Now, I think the only possible explanation of that was that there was an unveiling of the glory of the Lord, similar to what happened in the transfiguration. Hmm. And the sheer brightness of the glory of the Lord, and I try and picture this. I mean, talk about the Keystone Cops, these <laughs> yeah, five, <right>. 500 <laughs> armed people, swords and clubs and lanterns, they all fallen over backwards. Oh. I mean, this is the ultimate embarrassment. And so they must have got themselves up, they dust themselves down, they then ask uh, jesus asked them then a second time who are you seeking jesus of nazareth i told you that i am he so he's identified himself twice Hmm. and uh, judas still hasn't managed to plant the kiss yeah and so perhaps because
0: he doesn't get paid if he doesn't plant the kiss right right?
1: yeah Yeah. then jesus says to him after that well are you really judas going to betray the son of man with a kiss it's like they already know who i am i'm giving myself into the hands of these men why would you not come and stand with these other disciples Hmm. Um, But he kisses the Lord and then he goes on from there into this great, great darkness. But what's so striking to me is that Jesus is reaching out to him in love, even in the garden. Hmm. You know? So to any person who's moving away from faith in the Lord Jesus Just Christ. Just like the thief on
0: the cross, it's yeah, never too late. Yeah,
1: the, the, the message is the Lord Jesus Christ is reaching out to you in love today. And uh, in the same way as Peter, who denied Jesus, wonderfully came back and was wonderfully restored, that same grace could have been received by Judas. So why would any person walk away from Jesus Christ? Yeah, How are you personally
0: impacted by telling this narrative in the way you told it, Colin?
1: I think I've been moved to pray more deeply and more tenderly for people who have moved away from a faith that they once professed. Um, The Bible says that we are to be merciful to those who doubt and we're to snatch some from the fire as if to save them from burning. And that's been the big effect of this story in, in, in my own heart and life when people move away from a faith they once professed, there's usually a story. There's usually some real pain. There's usually something that has happened or a series of things that have happened and a person's got to a place where they said, I can no longer confess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I wanted to reach out to that person. Um, and that's my big prayer for for this book, that it would be a means by which the Lord would say, look, there's a better path for you. And whatever the hurt that you've experienced, Whatever the wound that has caused you to move away from a faith that you once professed, there is a restoration for you. There's a hope and there's a future for you. Don't be like Judas. There's nothing good that can come from going down that path.
0: And here around the the time that we celebrate the resurrection... Mm. Just like at Christmas time, there are families who get together, and we're all extra concerned for family members who may have walked away from the Lord. So that's a great uh, thing to bring to our attention to sensitize us to.
1: Yeah, well, and as a pastor, it's hard for me to think of a Christian family that I know who do not have someone Mm -hmm. about whom they're concerned. That's true in my own family, and um, we, we. pray for and long for uh, Christ to restore those who once professed faith and do so no longer. And uh, um, it's a marvelous thing when that happens.
0: All right. In your imagination, your disciplined imagination, as you tell the story of Judas from the details we have in Scripture... Pick up the story after the garden. What, what happens to Judas?
1: Well, there's a fascinating reference in the gospel that tells us that Judas um, returned the money, went back to the religious leaders when he saw that Jesus was condemned. you saw, uh, saw
0: the brutality, right?
1: Yeah, that seems to indicate to me that he must have been somewhere in the crowd. He must have been observing somewhere when Pontius Pilate brought out Jesus after he had been scourged. Behold the man. And uh, Judas realizes that he has done a terrible thing. Now, here's the important thing about that point in the story. He has regret. He has remorse. But he doesn 't have repentance, he yeah, never turns does he yeah, that 's right yeah. that 's right, and the big difference between remorse and repentance is that repentance looks to Jesus Christ and finds hope in him, so repentance is not simply saying oh i 'm messed up and and uh, and then uh, falling into self recrimination, which is what judas did self condemnation real repentance is to say, "I have sinned." Uh, But there is hope for me in Jesus Christ, and I must look to him. And of course, that's what Peter did. And that's the great difference as to why their outcome uh, uh, of their lives was so different. That's ultimately why Peter is in heaven and why Judas is in hell. Because uh, the one turned to Christ risen, Mm -hmm. the other gave up on Christ and turned away.
0: Mm -hmm. Of course, Judas hanged himself. Yes, he did. Sad story.
1: It's a tragic end um, uh, to his life, and uh, it is a tragic end because he gives up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm. And... um, you know, I, I know as a pastor, and you will know, Wayne, in your own life, and many listening to us will, will know what it is for someone to come to a place where they feel desperately, desperately low. And I always want to say to a person who feels very low, that is never the path. Yeah. That is never the path. The path for you is to find in your darkest hour hope and light in Jesus Christ who loved you and gave himself for you. And however dark a place you may find yourself in, there is hope for you in and through this Lord Jesus Christ.
0: You don't have to follow the destiny that Judas followed in his own way, his own will. You
1: you can turn to Christ. Yeah, that's right. And the thing that's very striking to me about Judas here is that uh, he makes choices again and again and again. They're very deliberate choices. He was the one who chose to take money out the bag. He chose not to confess his guilt. He chose to go to the priests. He chose to leave the Lord's Supper. He chose to plant that kiss and he chose to end his life in the way that he did. Mm. So uh, there is real responsibility. There are real choices. And the Bible always makes that very clear. And in God's mercy, may this story be one that helps all yes. of us to make much better choices than he did.
0: It's such an important story. As, again, as I said earlier, God put it in Scripture. So mm-hmm. he wants us to learn from this story. But it's such a sad uh, uh, story, a dark story, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: But there's hope at the end. And the hope is the fact that we can turn to Christ, the resurrected Christ. So let's make that turn for the last moment or so here today. Uh, he's risen. I mean, he is risen, he Colin. He
1: is risen indeed. And that's why the story of Peter has such a different ending, because here's Peter, and he finds hope in a risen Christ. And that's why we're able to sit here today and say, for every person listening to us, there is hope in a risen Christ who restores those who will look to him, however far we've gone from him and however long we've been away from him, there's hope for you in Jesus Christ.
0: Again, the book is called Heaven So Near So Far, The Story of Judas Iscariot. Uh, Unlocking the Bible is Colin's radio ministry, and uh, what is the website people can go to?
1: It's unlockingthebible.org.
0: And I'm sure they can find the book there, and we'll put that on our website as well, firstpersoninterview.com. But Colin, thank you so much for this time together. Any last word as you think about uh, this weekend and the transition from Good Friday to Resurrection Sunday?
1: Uh, Well, thank you. Jesus Christ is of supreme value. And it is worth whatever it costs to follow Him. It really is.
0: What a great thought to carry us through this weekend's celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Pastor Colin Smith with the message of his book, Heaven So Near So Far. As we mentioned, Colin's radio ministry is called Unlocking the Bible, and we'll have links to it as well as the book when you visit FirstPersonInterview.com. I enjoyed reading Colin's book and recommend it to you, Heaven So Near So Far. Now, if you haven't done so already, I hope you'll visit firstpersoninterview.com and register to receive a terrific devotional from the Far East Broadcasting Company called How Shall They Hear? This is an online devotional, which means it's sent fresh each day to your inbox for 30 days, giving you scripture along with the powerful testimony of a listener to FEBC. Very often, the listener's story is told through video and you can actually see and hear how the gospel and FEBC reaches into their lives. To receive this online devotional, just visit firstpersoninterview.com and provide your email address. I hope you'll do that today. In addition to our website, we have a Facebook page where it's easy to add your comments about what you hear on this program. It's facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Next week, Larnell Harris and his life story. Now with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thank you for listening to First Person.